everyone, Catherine Jarrett here, pronouns are they, them, and theirs. I am a professional psychic and I'm also a professional brow artist. And Psychic Brows is a channel where I combine both. First of all, thanks to everyone who joined us for last week's series, The Mystical Roles of Our Animal Companions. Our last episode that we visited on was all about what happens when our animal companions pass. And if you enjoyed that video, just a reminder, go ahead and give it a like. And if you have any follow-up questions that you wanted to circle back on, just let me know in the comments and we can. So this week, I'm very excited about this week's series. It's all about being a psychic and a non-psychic job. And the reason I'm so excited, and I'll say this more than once this week, is because this topic is one of the inspiration reasons for doing this channel for me, about trying to figure out a way to balance my two worlds of psychic work and non-psychic work and figure out uh, in between of the two that combines them and I can cohesively move around between them. So the topic we're gonna discuss today is called Muses in Your Work and Guides in Your Life. And I thought this would be a fun one to start out with, um, particularly with the aesthetic type of work that I do. And a lot of people think of muses when it comes to that type of stuff, of artistic, of um, drawing, of things like music and things like writing. That tends to be when people think of muses, what comes to mind. And this is true, but muses or musing, it's all about creativity. And creativity doesn't just come out in art, it comes out anytime you are exploring and thinking, figuring something out differently and using creative ways to come to that. So an accountant can be very creative in figuring out the best way to reduce your bottom line in your business. Or a scientist can be super creative in working with a muse when they're figuring out uh, how a chemical reaction could have a result that could benefit a different type of product. So. Often, people do think about creative muses when it comes to the beauty industry, which is what I'm in for half my life. And um, so I think it's really important that we just visit on that it happens in all of them, in all forms of jobs, in work, in life. So let's talk about that a little bit. Muses at work, how do you connect with them? How is it different? And then we have guides in our life and how do we connect with them and how is that different? And what does this mean? So when I think about the topic of being connected psychically and working in a job that isn't considered psychic, that in itself is a topic that has movement between it as well. Just like creativity goes through different types of employment and jobs and things of life. And these two things are not mutually exclusive of each other either, because think about it. Somebody in sales, whether they are aware that they're using their psychic abilities, if you want to call it that, or they are tuned in intentionally with it, they may very well be so good at sales because they just 
know what someone needs. They just know how to fill whatever it is someone is looking to purchase for what they're wanting in their life. And I've worked with people who work in all different career types and even like financial planners that people just think, oh, they just, they just get it. They just know what stock is going to be good. They got their finger on the pulse. They just get it. And the person may not even know why it is that they're so in tune. They just might, some people say they're lucky um, or they just have that certain thing. And, but the fact of it is, is they may very well be connecting to their guides and getting these helpful hints from their guides and may not even know it. So when I talk about working as a psychic and a non-psychic job, it's talking about how do you do that in a balanced way that doesn't become overwhelming, but is actually the gift in your everyday life that it should be. So we'll kind of divide this up between muses and guides. So we've talked about guides a lot so far in this show, and you'll hear people talk about guides a lot when it comes to psychic stuff. And you know, I guess muses come up, but I wouldn't say they come up in my experience as often as a topic. And I want to talk about them because they are so, so darn lovely. And one of the things that came up when I was going over how I was going to address this topic today and is those difference. What's the difference between a muse and a guide? Because it can be hard to confuse them if you're not maybe really well versed being with your guide or feel the difference between the two. And so in my experience, some of the things that I have found that tend to be some of the like strong differentiating factors is that when I'm working with my muses, it's like they become a part of me. And I know that may sound confusing because I say when I'm with my guides and I'm talking with my guides, I'm kind of half in, half out of myself sometimes. And let me see if I can think of a clear way to explain that. All right. So, all right. So you've heard of people saying something like they were writing and they got lost in it and it just kind of became like they were or painting or something like that. And it just became like they were like channeling their muse. And then sometimes they're like, and then I was just like, before I even knew it, I was just done. And I had this masterpiece in front of me and I don't even recollect all of it. It was like it was flowing through me or an actor or an actress or something like that. That craft is th flowing through them. And that's what I think of when I think of what does it feel like when you're working with your muse. It's a really similar feeling to me as when you're working with healing energy and how it's flowing through you and it's one with you and it's part of every cell and molecule makeup of your body and it becomes immersed in you. But you are still the vessel. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, when I'm talking with my guides, it's, I always, I always refer to it as I'm on an energy thread, uh, like a telephone. Okay. And so 
there's a connection limit with that where I'm talking, you know, with them. <laughs> and whether it's like through hearing or through sight or through feeling, but it's more like a telephone line. And that's our connection piece is that, and that can be then stopped. But when I'm working with my muses, it's like we become immersed together as one, similar to like if you think of two light bulbs and you have a light bulb here. Can you see my hand? Ah, you got a light bulb here and you have a light bulb in this one and the light from each light bulb just <laughs> becomes one light and you can't differentiate where one light from one light bulb starts and stops and where one light from the other light bulb starts and stops, where they immerse within each other. That's what it's like for me when I'm working with healing energy, and that's what it's like for me when I am working with my muses. I become part with them. How I would say that differentiates between channeling um, would be when I am immersed in that energy with my muses, it's still me. It's me, it, it's me that's being accented, okay? When I'm channeling and channeling, I think most people who listen to these things are familiar, but I'll just differentiate it just for sake of doing so. Channeling is when a spirit or being talks through you and so, and they use your body as a vessel to do that, okay? And so when I'm working with my muse, it's me that's coming out. It's me that's been accented, understood? When I'm channeling, it's someone else that's coming through me, okay? So that would be the difference between those two forms. And I think that the other thing that when it comes to muses that can get sometimes that maybe not really thought of, but then before you realize it, they kind of get clumped into that, is that I find that a lot of people think of muses like they're their own species. And that's just uh, lots of different, like my fairy friends have muses that, that are fairies, okay? But they also have muses. So they're not exclusive of their own like that's them. <laughs> that's their own population. Muses are muses and that's it. Different beings have their own roles of beings within them. And so you can have a muse in the form of from an animal. You could have a muse from, as I said, like a fairy muse. You could have a muse that is alien-esque or angelic. So that is, I think, a, a, a thing that's important with it too. And so when it comes to my guides and talking with them, I feel like I'm doing something more like a telephone call. But when I'm working with my muses, I feel like our, the energy has all been combined into one and it's been immersed in a way that's non-differential, even though it's, it's me that's coming through with it, okay? So some fun things of muses that uh, I can speak to sometimes it's uh, and then I'll give some people I think uh, very much to uh, connect their craft to musings to their muses whether they know it or not so um, in my opinion 
So uh, in my work, where it comes out a lot of times with my muses and me is color theory. So when I'm doing something like microblading and I'm inserting pigment into the skin, or in the past I did um, quite a few years as a makeup artist and I would blend and formulate my own foundation colors from primary base colors. So working with color theory or in a tint blending that require, a dye I should say, a tint dye that requires really calculating in the skin undertones with it and the natural hair tones and things like that. Anything that, that would include something with color theory in it in my job is a lot of times where my, my muses will come through and help me because logically there's this color wheel and this color base of theory that you apply to it when you're doing things like that. And sometimes I'll go to mix something and logically it will not make sense and be like, I don't know about this. But they'll be in my ear and they'll say, no, 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 you're doing this. And I'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> and they'll be like, yep, you're doing this. And I say, okay, okay, so, all right, let's do it. And it's like, I'm being powered to do it. And so I go ahead and I do, and then it comes out and it is literally the most, it ends up being the, the most perfect, beautiful color that I couldn't have imagined it would have blended out to be that. And it happened all the time with me with foundation bases where I would blend my own out of, you know, primary base colors. And all the time it would happen where sometimes I would, it would be kind of, it could be a really simple blend or sometimes it'd be kind of complicated. And I would just do what they told me to do. And I kid you not, that color would just come out great, like perfect for that person every time, even if it didn't really make that much sense. Like, I don't know, they're a little cool tone underneath for this. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay, all right, we're doing it, we're doing it. And there it would be, perfect. Someone that I can think of, and I have to stress this so I don't get in trouble, I think, in my opinion, uh, I really think that Stephen King very much works with and channels with his muses, um, really flows, I should technically say, really flows with his muses in his writings. And I don't think that he's unaware of it. I think he knows. I think he very much knows that he's, he's working with them um, at times. And I don't know. Maybe someday he'll see this and he'll let me know if I'm right or right or wrong. But I really think that he definitely connects with his muses, and I also don't think that he's unaware of it. Um, a lot of the time, I think he very intentionally is connecting with his muses for the very, very colorful things he comes out with, and maybe a little astral travel in there too. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that uh, and now even though I gave some examples how it's not just within the arts that muses exist I am going to give you an example in the arts as well um, from my life that I felt so I 
did, when I was younger, play some years where I played music and uh, I played bass in like rock and punk bands. And the truth of it is, is I don't really know how to play. <laughs> and I don't really know how to read music and I don't really know any theory, but somehow I played pretty good. And when I try to remember how, I really can't. And now that I look back on it that I'm older, I do very much feel that a lot of that had to do with me unknowingly having working with my muses. It wasn't like it was magic, like I didn't do any work or any practice with it. That's not what I'm saying. But there definitely was some magic with it, for sure. Uh, because somehow I could just do it pretty quick and pretty well. And I don't know if I could pick it up and do it now. I, it would be tough, unless I connected with them again. So maybe it's an experiment. I'll try because sometimes I'll pick up some stuff around here. We have a lot of music stuff here and I'll just try it out. And if I don't stress on it, I can sometimes start just figuring things out by ear and start doing things. And then that's actually a really good point because we've talked about like working with your muses, but like, how do you do that? And also how do you not? Like what blocks working with your muses? And so I'm just gonna say, that's what I just got done talking about. When you release yourself and allow to flow with it, that's when they'll come through. And when it gets blocked is truthfully, I think about anything that would block healing. Because I never said it's, to me, it's really similar to that healing energy where you become one with it. Kind of just like, think it's just one molecule with it or whatever. And so anything that blocks healing to me is really similar to what can block your muses being able to come through. So if you're stressed, if you're hurt, if your body's not well, if you're tunnel visioned, if you're angry, <laughs> uh, those are, it's really, to me, it's kind of falls right in the same category. So it happens around here too. If I just for fun, just start picking up something we have around here to play with it. Yeah, I can kind of start going with it pretty darn quick. But if I try to do something like that and I'm focused on the outcome and tunnel visioned on it and about doing it right and stressy with it, it, it doesn't go so well. It just kind of gets stuck. It doesn't go well at all. So. I think that that's a really, really good point. So enjoyment is a big part of muses coming through and letting go. And I hadn't really put it together until this moment. I do that a lot. I told you I learned a lot on the job and there's a lot of things, little light bulbs that come in just talking on these things too. And sometimes they seem very simple. Like, why did I not think of that before? But you know, sometimes things just come out because you're discussing them. <laughs> And that is probably why things like people say meditation, <laughs> clearing your mind, <laughs> releasing your stresses, not taking that unopened energy into a space that you're trying to create something new in because it will 
most likely hinder you and hold you back. So now if we talk a little bit about, so we have, you know, our guides that we talk about, like how do you work in this, in your job if you're just, I don't know, working at a desk, <laughs> trying to be a project manager for your work, but yet at the same time, you have this amazing connection with your guides or you feel, you know, your muse is coming through you. How do you work with that? Honestly, really well, like you do your job good. That's how you work with it. Because if you're a project manager who is letting your muses come through you, I bet you think of a lot of solutions to possible challenges that come up or roles that aren't able to be finished because somebody's unavailable or doesn't work there anymore or supplier didn't come through or whatever it could be that puts a wrench in the plan as the project manager of organizing it, if you are connected in working with your muses and letting that come through as an opportunity of something more creative to think of and to organize this as, then yeah, you end up just doing your job really well. So this is one of those fun ones where, I don't know, it just makes things better if you let it. And when it comes to the now, you know, working with your guides when you do that, I, just, I think of them kind of like my advice. <laughs> and they're laughing at me because they're like, only you would think of it as advice. Like it's my, my choice. Like, hmm, you advise me. I'll decide if I want to do it or not. Um, I get yelled at a lot by them for that. But so let me correct that because that's not... Um, it is the truth. Like I, you know, every day gets better. <laughs> every day gets better. Every day I try to get better. And so with my guides, I think of them as, as that. They're there to guide me. And yes, I do have free will so I can listen or not listen. And I get the consequences of what that is. And sometimes I tell people, you know, when, a lot of times when people do sessions like readings they ask things as if there is only one answer one way or another like should I take this job or this job right and so many times part of the session is me explaining to them it's not just one answer is right and the other one's wrong it's both are answers that have different outcomes from them and some outcomes will be of this one may have these benefits and these opportunities and the outcomes of this one will have these benefits and these opportunities it's not that only one is right and only one is wrong they can both be right and just have different benefits and opportunities with each one and you still have to utilize your free will to make a decision based off of the insight it gives you. But what's so great about it is you've now been given basically the answers, you know what's gonna be on the test, right? So you know what to prepare for, what to study for. So even in that decision that you make, things that would have been an opportunity and say option A, right? Now that you know about them and you know how to plan for them, now they're not necessarily these hindrances for you because you already knew, you know what? The biggest challenge I'm gonna have with 
job A is it's going to be really hard for me to move to a new city and I'm incredibly social and we're in a pandemic <laughs> and to meet new people is going to be really hard for me and I think that I might be lonely. Does that mean that you take job B because it has its own opportunities? Because say job B, yes, you get your same social life and your family and your friends that happen to be here, but in job B, you don't have the means for career advancement that job A is giving you. So if in the end, having that opportunity for job career advancement is what rises up higher for you, you can take job A and know I'm gonna have to figure out some ways to not get lonely because that's gonna be my biggest hindrance when I move there and I do this. And if I can plan for that and figure out some things to do that, it's not gonna affect my new job and I continue to advance in my career. So do you see how working with the guides, the <laughs> They're, what they are is in their name. The definition is, is right there. They're self described. It's, it's already telling you, okay? So the guides are guiding you, right? And the muses are moving you. Oh, they just told me that. Isn't that fun? Yep, and the mu the I can't say it though. The muses are moving you. Whether that may be in creating something, of a physical nature of a drawing or creating something of a invention that doesn't exist that helps individuals with heart conditions or whether that is in figuring out the best way to create a progressive and safe home environment for a child with special needs that you haven't had previous experience with until this was your own child and figuring out a new home that serves them to their highest good that you can assist in that. These are all different ways of working with your muses and them helping you move through that and figure anything out that requires a creative avenue and with your guides they're right there too so now you have like double duty going on helping you isn't that wild i think it's so great and then when you start to feel the difference of them wow it's fun i'll tell you sometimes i do feel them when i'm in the middle of a service i do feel it where i may be like i don't know what to do with this hair pattern i'm a little stuck and I open myself up and I say, I don't want to be stuck and I'm open. Can you help me out here? And I let them enter. I can feel the lightness come around me. I can feel the lightness in me. And then I can feel what I have to say is the possibilities that come out of it. It's, I don't feel the, I don't know what to do. I feel the, Oh yeah, I got this. And I love seeing it as I got it and seeing it being created in front of me and then seeing the outcome of it. And I'm like, yeah, that feels good. So I hope this brought up some really kind of exciting things for you. As you can tell, I get excited by muses. I think they're amazing. You know, they really are kind of fun. They really are. You know, I, um, I joke a lot about my guides sometimes yell at me and 
and then that's because I have a lot to learn. So there we go. But they talk to you in a way <laughs> that sounds terrible. They talk to you in a way that you can relate to them, which makes it sound like that's what works for me. But the <laughs> but, but the truth of it is, is I that's for them. I need a lot of reminders, and they get a little stirred with me, and sometimes they get exasperated with me, and. I feel a lot with my guides that um, I'm learning a lot, which is amazing, but sometimes, yes, I can resist that a little bit, and it can, I'll just say, it can feel a little hard for me sometimes, okay? And I have to work through it. When I, and when I work with my muses, I'm just going to say it always, it's, not that my guides don't feel amazing too, but with my guides, I feel like I'm constantly in school. Okay, and that's great. I love that. But there's times also, you know, where you, you know, I want, I want the test I had last year. <laughs> I want physics one again, not advanced two. <laughs> so, but with my muses, I don't feel that like, oh gosh, I don't know if I, oh, I have to learn this now or okay, all right, now there's some, now here I am. Okay, I'm learning this. What I feel with my muses is like, it's like, just, you can, you're not, you can, you're doing this, you're doing it. And so there is a lot of fun to be had. So please, please invite in and enjoy your muses at work. And please, please engage in lovely and amazing conversation whatever that conversation and how you communicate with your guides are. And I would love if anyone wanted to share stories in their own life of what they've had in experiences with their working with their muses or their guides, because I truly do. I think they're amazing. I love it. Thank you for joining today. If you like this episode, just a reminder, go ahead and give it like and subscribe so you don't miss any more. And be sure to join us tomorrow where we're going to be also doing another one of my favorite topics in the series. And tomorrow's topic is titled, Are You Always Reading Me? It's a good one, and I look forward to seeing you all. Take care. Hey, thanks for joining. If you like more psychic or bra related content, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell and then you won't miss any episodes.